This is Montel Jordan, and right now you're listening to I Don't Get It with my girl, Maria Manero. This is how we do it. Hey, Maria, take it away, girl. That's exactly right, Montel. Thank you very much. Have you ever asked yourself, why does everybody have a podcast? Why? And how? How did this happen? It's like no break starring Dustin Hoffman and Renee Russo, right? And do the people who say, hey man, I've got a podcast, like at parties and stuff. Do they know saying I have a podcast is possibly the lamest and most cringe thing you could say. Asking for a friend. How many people work insanely hard on making a show? And then has like two listeners because it just sucks. Um, again, same friend, different question. I mean, is it a cry for help? Is it the universal sign of I've given up completely? I've hit rock bottom. These questions and more on today's show, podcasts. I don't get it. With Mary Manero. Thanks again for tuning in to our inaugural episode. We're talking podcasts, and we are joined by renowned uh, film critic and man about town, Mr. Norm Wilner, who, along with those accolades, uh, is now a TIFF and also hosts his own podcast called Someone Else's Movie. Check that out. Hey, Norm, thanks for joining us, and uh, tell us about that. So, what is it, 400 episodes? What, what, uh, how many 416 you just went out this week. No, 417. Okay. You have so the confusing. jump on us, Norm. Uh, You've got yeah. the jump. Well, yeah, you're the expert, and I'm yeah, the idiot. Well, you get to be an expert just by not giving up. <laughs> I like that. First things first. When I think about podcasts or here, I have a podcast or some variation thereof. I just think it's absolutely cringe. Is it top level cringe, true or false, Norm? <laughs> to have a podcast? Just to say, I have or a podcast. You know, oh, I mean, if you're introducing yourself to someone with, hey, I have a podcast, then yeah, that's awful. Don't be that person. Well, I mean, like, for example, at work, right? Like, I, I won't name check the person, but, you know, at work, you're like... <laughs> Oh, because this started out as just a joke. Like, I would just not get anything. And I'd say, like, I don't get it. And I'd say, like, it's going to be on my podcast. I don't get it with Maria Monero, which now exists. But then uh, this former co-worker I had was like, yeah, I have, I have a podcast. I can, like, help you or whatever. And I was just immediately in my head. I was like, oh, my God, it's so it. cringe. I can't believe you have a podcast. And it was, like, something really, like, boring. And I was just like, oh, my oh, God. It's, it is pretty cringe, right? <laughs> If you lead with it, yeah. If you right? jump straight in, but okay, <laughs> it's like a third date. You bring it up later. You know, you don't. You don't have to start. <laughs> yeah, it. but you, why does everybody? It's se- seemingly why does everybody want to have a podcast? Because it seems like they yeah, everybody wants. I guess to it's have because one. it's cheap, right? Like it's perceived as something anyone can do. 
Uh, and there's the illusion, as with almost any new venture, that if you do it, you'll get paid really, really well and become really, really famous. And that does not happen. Yeah. But the thing I think, which I never really heard people say before, and I, I was very naive going into this, is just how much fucking work it is. Like, it is a crazy amount of work. Like, you mm-hmm. either have to oh, have, yeah. like, pre-pod riches and fame. Uh, like, so you can hire a team, right? You're, like, positioned for that. Or, like, if you're nobody, nothing like me, like, garbage person like me, don't know anything, don't know how to do a podcast, and you're one person. Like, it's a psychotic amount of work to undertake, r- truly. Like, booking guests, like, all the... It's just there's so much that I feel like I've n- I'd never heard. Oh, nobody talks about that. No, nobody talks about the work. Like, then then you sound like you're complaining, right? Because you've chosen to put this into the world. And it's like, if- but is it just it's case? Okay, so is it because I'm just really bad at something <laughs> that people find really easy to do? Or is it that it's just really easy to make a very oh, shitty yeah. podcast? Yeah, the second thing, the second thing, if you just want to press record and talk to someone <laughs> and then release that into the world, you can do that. And people do. Um, yeah. And it's, it, it's on borders exactly. on unbearable. How many people are actually yeah, going yeah. to this thing? Like that I've killed myself making. It's like five people. Well, I don't know if you can predict. I don't know. Like then we'd have to be statisticians or something. Yeah. So probably five. Yeah, I'd, I'd say <laughs> you can guarantee five listeners. No, I mean, I think, look, if you're if we're going to like work hard at this, hopefully you're going to get listeners in. But like, again. Well, but OK, when when you started out, Norm, like, did you have like shit loads of people help you? Because we have we have had like so much help. Like I had to go. <laughs> get help from so many people, including oh, I yourself. Um, I mean, I talked you know. about it for months before I actually recorded an episode. So I bounced it off people and I helped, you know, they, they helped refine the idea. Uh, I had a, a really good audio recorder just as a consequence of doing interviews. I wanted something that was great, you know, for wild sound as well as something with a direct input. So I was set for that, although I did upgrade a few years later to a better recorder. And then the pandemic came along and it all became moot and we all do it over our computers anyway. Right. I just, it was a lot of talking. I basically had to talk myself into doing it, which I think is the same process you went through. I think that's the same process anybody goes through. <laughs> because of the cringe? Well, be- because the cringe of, I don't want like, to be that guy with a podcast yeah. that's doing the same thing as everybody else. Exactly, because or... it's cringe. I mean, I have the excuse of- <laughs> Yeah, you're at a party and you're like, hey, my I podcast. Mean, again, it's if like, you uh... leave with it, you're going to look desperate. Don't go straight But if it just comes up, like what you do is you put it out <laughs> Which there, I do. you release the thing, you make a couple tweets about it, and then you like Google do the work. And if people Google your name, they find the podcast, and you aren't the one bringing just it up. Go right straight into I've got a podcast. First thing I should say, off the bat. I'm no. trying to talk you off the ledge. That's what I'm doing. Um, I think, yeah, no, I mean, it is like, it is absolutely, unless you have the backing of whoever what was it team coco whatever oh, conan o'brien launched what amazing podcast. got variety to declare him yeah. the inventor of podcasts i do like that show but <laughs> i'm gonna do that as well i'm gonna call from henceforth you will now be known as the king of podcasts. yeah exactly but like to drive a home really like we have to thank all the people to help hollywood reporter guys scott feinberg who's a friend he's a awards prognosticator and executive editor over there um and his podcast producer Matthew Whitehurst who literally spelled it because I called Scott and I was like how do I how do I podcast because I had no idea and he was like okay talk to Matt and Matt walked me through basically everything he's still walking me through loads of stuff so that was a huge help because I 
I did. To be fair, after I found out all the everything I had to do, I like felt like I had overcommitted and wanted to jump off the balcony. But it, this wouldn't exist without like them because I googled it. And I was like, that seems really complicated. I don't understand any of the worst. So thank you to those guys. And then, then the ex boyfriend labor force, which eventually unionized <laughs> on me and went on strike. So really, just one ex boyfriend came through. Ed who. Just doing all like the art design. Our friend <laughs> Doyler or Ryan, who's got a band called Michael Stoa, listened to them. He so yeah he did, yeah he did the music. He's like Damien Rice vibes. So if you like that yeah. tender tender some sweet great music, Damien so Rice vibes, that, check them out. And then Norm, obviously, thank you for your help. Other people, oh, Gavin, Adriano, and of course my co-executive producer, Colin, who is really the brains behind this operation, the wind beneath my wings, if you will, who is very cold there in my shadow, <laughs> which is where he likes to be. But he does come up with all the best ideas, like everything you guys think is good about the show or is funny about the show is probably his idea. He just tells me, do this, this will be cool, and then I go out and somehow make it happen. Our di- the dynamic is very much like Clint Eastwood and the Asian kid and Gran Torino. Generally grumpy and like, you know, sitting on the porch grumpy. And he's, then he's Clint. Like, this Asian kid was one over my heart. I'll take all the bullets for him. And then, and then I'll sing a song about Gran Torino. I don't know. Okay, so if anyone who's out there wanting to start a podcast, right? How could they possibly know if their idea is good? Like their idea for a show? Because it's a show. You're making a show, right? So how do you know your idea is any good? I mean, what I did was I just went out and made sure no one else was doing it. I And then I'd find out if it was good or not, right? Like there was, there's no guarantee that people want to listen to me anyway. But I wanted a concept that at least was novel. Okay, but I guess another way to put it is how do you know if your idea is just like pure garbage? Like, it's just shit. Like, don't, like, oh, like yeah. you know, it's like, I like I think I sound like that. Adele. And, you know, my husband tells me you sound like a bag of cats. Uh, I'm not going to go audition for Idol because, like, you know, I'm going to keep trying because I just think, like, my, my singing boy is going to fix itself. But, like, I don't think that's a great idea for someone starting a podcast. Like, if it's a shitty idea, it's not going to fix itself, I don't think. Like, okay, there's got to be, like, terrible ones out there. I'm sure there are, yeah, but we don't like it's it's self-selecting. We just won't hear those. They they never make it onto the charts. They never make it into no. But what's like the worst idea of a po- for a podcast? Oh, like you God. guys have, like some of you actually went out to go and like research. We try and find the worst ones with the lowest listenership. But I mean, I'm sure out there, if there's some man, and I'm not saying that it's bad, but I can imagine there's like a guy out there telling people how to go ang- angle fishing or whatever it is, or like fly fishing, and there are loads of people who want to listen to that because that's their thing, you know. I gain, I guess. Oh, it's three white guys talking about why they can't get work as comedy writers. I guarantee you that's, that's the worst <laughs> podcast in the world. I'm sure it does. No. Just Google woke. Oh, definitely like Google does. woke podcast. You'll like find a white guy being like, it's so hard being a white guy kind of. Yeah. Canceled. Actually, it's probably called canceled. And it's three guys with beards canceled. and ball caps on backwards talking about how the man won't let them do the thing because the man is different for color. I don't know. I don't listen to this. Sense. But I know there is a vast bizarro world of right wing nut jobs who have podcasts and YouTube shows. Yeah. And yeah. Like, okay. Probably churning that's... out the worst content in the world. Yeah. But that's the perspective. 
That's a perspective. Yeah. I'm talking about just like a pure dud. Like this is I'm like gonna, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my TV installation guy a shout out because we had such a great chat on the phone. <laughs> but he told me that he was starting a podcast with his friend, and I hope he's this. I hope he'll hear this. He what did he call it? Um, what were they called? Two mugs because they were gonna have a mug of coffee each, and they were calling each other mugs. And he said that their their plan was to write a song in each one. <laughs> and he said they got their guitars out and he said it was like really difficult I was like I imagine it was and he goes after like the third one we decided we'd just call it a day and I was like okay man wow three okay well we're like and halfway they're also yeah, noble enough like, to stop know, it that, I mean that one up. they Good got it off the ground they recorded three episodes <laughs> yeah but Norm do you pre-interview your guests no almost never no um I I find it and I just don't want to get people too comfortable, if that makes sense. Like, I'd rather just meet someone and yeah, have that know, conversation but... for the first time. Yeah, but like 400 plus, be like, you know, on the rail, keep it 100. A good chunk of that statistically have to have been absolute duds, like to interview <laughs> the people. I mean, um, there have been, like those... been a few and they're generally pretty short episodes where it's very clear that the guest doesn't want to do anything other than talk about the movie they made. Uh, or the project they have. Is that the worst kind of, like, what is the kind of person that is the worst to interview? Like, you know, when you're at a party I, and you yeah. get stuck in a conversation, like with the most boring person there and you're like, oh God, like, it's just complete panic. And you're like, how to get out of this? Like, like, how do I, so yeah. like as a professional, like how do I just you... try to ask, I just try to ask them questions they haven't heard before. So as like people that are just yeah. like, self-absorbed or just like absolute duds like because i'm thinking like what if i'm stuck in a situation where it's just like like i'm talking to a sack of potatoes you know what i mean and i'm like how do i make this fucking sack of potatoes interesting well but you know like if you again like this comes back to just paying attention when you're talking to the person to begin with if if you have if you aren't getting what you want they will inevitably have said something that has that strikes really uh, that like offers everyone? an off-ramp that offers another way through, right? Like Okay, but I'm I'm going to go there. Okay. Who is the worst person you've ever interviewed in your life? Come on, go Ooh, for it. I'll tell you the toughest. Yeah. Um Mike Lee is easily the worst interview I've ever had. Who's Mike Lee? Mike Lee, uh Oscar-nominated filmmaker, Secrets and Lies, uh High Hopes, Life is Sweet. He's um he's like one of the greatest filmmakers ever to come out of England. So what made him the he worst? Was, was he actively just... hostile, dismissive, actively... picked his nose on camera. Yeah, he picked his no. nose on camera to make sure the footage wouldn't be usable. Wait, Absolutely. okay, hold on, hold on. Let's back it up. Picked his nose like straight, like w yep. really finger, went in there or just like... Finger right, <laughs> finger right up to the point where I actually thought I had offended him. <laughs> like uh, it, it the, in the middle of the interview, like first. you're talking yeah, to him and camera. he's just... Oh, yeah, wow yeah. okay um, but you know, and also to, like, in a manner, but also yeah just rejected the premises of all my questions and like i know oh this God. was 1996 i'm 28 years old i've seen everything he's made oh. i'm a huge fan like i'm a massive fan of this guy and he just shat all over the experience and wasn't personal i, I understand yeah, that now no but i basically way. had to ask everyone at global to look at the tape and make sure oh. i hadn't done anything that got him mad and like no you were i wasn't like I was, I immediately started to 
I spiral yeah, because yeah. he's not giving me anything, and then the hostility starts. Oh, so like, what can I do to make this better? And it just how, like didn't how, I'm so curious. Like, how was he hostile? Like, how like was just, he just you know, like one word answers or like was uh, he like no he you, was, you he suck was, at interviewing? Yeah. It was it was sort of the well it was a it was a very English version of you suck at interviewing where he said well that's not I don't agree with the premise of that question at all or <laughs> Whoa, that's not my method or wow. oh yeah and I'm like I'm a little baby and he's just doing all of oh, this God. it was really Ripping it was up. awful it was really awful and uh, i i was convinced that it was panicked? me no were you no, just like, I was panicking just crushed heartbroken more than anything else like this genuine artist is rejecting everything i'm throwing at him and then the, the nose picking thing it's like well i guess i'm this is That's fucked nuts. there's no way out of this and now i think I mean, now, obviously, I would just say, look, I guess this isn't working for either of us. And it was pleasure. It was a pleasure to meet you, even not miss, maybe not to talk wow, to you. Um, but at the but, time, no, I just it, I just endured it for. And I think it was like a 15. I remember it as being 15 or 20 minutes. It was probably less. But wow, that's long. Excruciating. Easily the worst interview I've ever had. I've had people who are less interesting to talk to. I've had people who were just sort of there. But Any other bad ones? Far Any away other? the worst one. Harrison Ford was a dick in 1992, 94, really? 94. I've, mean, the, I've heard he's kind of challenging. Yeah, we should get him on the pod. Junket, uh, by all means, get him to talk about <laughs> friendliness. Um, and he was just, um, I asked him a question about, because this was in 94 and there was still talk about another Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, There always yeah. was, right? Like it was perpetual, yeah. but this was only five years after Last Crusade. And I, oh. and I thought it was an interesting question. I said, you know, like you what's left the first one is judaism the second oh one is most of the major indian religions and the third one's christianity where do you go and now we all know it was aliens bad move yeah, but right. um, but i asked him this this legitimate what i thought was a legitimate question uh right. and he just said well he wouldn't even engage with the question he said well i take exception to the idea that we telescoped all the indian religions okay. into one film it's like you kind of did though and then you made one up but it's you know he's not the writer it's not his fault but he just he was just really hostile and and sort of picked a fight that he didn't need to pick, but it did help him avoid the question. But who? Okay, yeah, who is great. the best person though that you've interviewed? Ooh, good question. I and I also learned that when people say good question, they're not necessarily oh. trying to solve for time, which I used to believe as a journalist. But now I realize sometimes you're actually just like I don't know the answer, oh. and I am trying to stall for time. But that is a really good question. I I don't, huh. It's not like I have a favorite interview. Well, I probably do, actually. There was a run in 92 at TIFF, back to back to back. I interviewed Tim Roth, Steve Buscemi, and Michael Madsen for Reservoir mm. Dogs. Awesome. And they were each half-hour windows or 20-minute windows. They were they were really long. It was great. And they were all they good? They were all good, but also Roth didn't leave. He just hung out and... and hung out with did you interview them individually yeah they were separate interviews or they were supposed to be but we were all using the same hotel room so it was going to be them rotating in and me just sitting there but roth just hung out and madsen was fun and it was all um i think it was just it was a real pleasure and i was 24 and that was probably the best tiff year i had as a journalist just because we had access to everything i was working for the star i was freelancing but still getting all these interviews and what made to, them the best though they just were, like they were engaged open uh, they were energized right. like tim roth we started talking about the hit we opened with that and he said oh that was his, that was my first film that was the first time i traveled i'd never been away from england and then uh, suddenly we're in this in this island in the south of i think it was the south of spain and it was all just 
a conversation. Do you find that the best interviews you've had have been like, because of your personal bias, like you just were really into them? Or like, is it a, a certain attribute that like, you know, somebody has that makes them a good I mean, interview? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. There's probably a middle ground there because I'm thinking about somebody like Malcolm McDowell, who is absolutely charming and delightful and, and has lived experience, right? Like he's got all kinds of stories and, and he tells them beautifully. In the, in the vein though, who like, there's a lot, of, a lot of really good interviewers I find, but like, who do you think, like any favorites? Like, I think like John Stewart, for example, yeah, is yeah, crushing. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen his show, but like he, it's like masterful how he, when he does his one-on-ones and he just like corners people and you see like the setup, like the deliver, like the payoff, like it's just, it's incredible. I don't know how people have the guts to like sit down because you know he's going to go there. I mean, it's like, it's enthralling. Yeah, the idea that you would dare to be unprepared for a Jon Stewart conversation. Or Colbert. I'm curious what you think on a level of one to cringe, how cringe will this podcast be? Well, I'm on it, so obviously I have to believe it's going to be good. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I I thought you were going to say no. it's going to be cringe. I, that's me when I'm not on the podcasts. Uh, I, I honestly think I think it's a good <laughs> idea. I think it sounds like fun. That's what I, I mean. I honestly wouldn't be doing this bit now if I didn't believe in it. I think it's good. I think it's a good idea. That's and nice. I think, oh, my pleasure. And I honestly think that. I thought you were just I being. Mean, nice. I am nice, but but beyond, above and beyond, it, it's like there is. I think. The one thing about the one segment of listeners, maybe the one demographic that people who are underserved by podcasts is people who are curious, like who are genuinely wondering how it's not like how stuff works, where you're formally doing that, where you're creating a series of of podcasts to explain things like this isn't that this is more about the investigation of that weird middle ground it's, between expertise it's funny, and funny like because i and, i met maria like what was it like 10 maybe eight or nine years ago or something when she was living in ireland before and like i still remember her saying to me like i don't get it you know i don't get it so for us to now be doing a podcast called i don't get it i just think it's hilarious that it's come full circle <laughs> behavior really is what i'm curious about but really i mean there's other things like space and all that shit but like really i'm ever curious and i just i I genuinely don't get a lot of stuff i'm like what is going on but i mean listen this is our our first we are gonna do tackle topics that are slightly more riveting than podcasting um (laughs) and norm you know some show secrets you know some of the stuff we're going to talk about you know that our next episode is going to be about exes, i didn't know that was the right? next one it's but i'm get... looking forward to it well, should we send this off with a good ex story <laughs> do you have a good ex do story, I have a good ex story? Can... does anyone have yeah a good man story? why not <laughs> yeah I'm... i was gonna say i really yeah. <laughs> don't i mean i've stayed friends with um with with one, yeah. Well, I mean, I with one X, with one person, a human <laughs> yeah. person. Um, it's so like it's just so weird and, yeah. and reductive to say X and all. Um, but yeah, no, I um, Marichka Melnik, who who's a producer at CBC these Ooh, days, radio, full name check, full name. Wow, oh, why? That's I'm saying we stayed friends. Like she and I have known each other now. We met in 2000. And we went out for a few months and most okay. of 2000 and yeah. So that's yeah. 22 years ago <laughs> and we broke up amicably and yeah, I think so. 
Oh, oh, broke up amicably. We did. I mean, is there such a thing as breaking up amicably, really? Yeah. Like, this has got to be like one person's like, sure, I also wanted to break up. Well, it was one of those things where we just gradually realized we just weren't seeing each other that much. Like, we just, yeah, we we had a really. Like, seeing or seeing into each other's soul. No, like physically in the same space. You were like, oh, I didn't want to be around you. Got it. Well, it was just one of those things where, like, she was, it was the. It was 2000. Were you guys working so together or something? Like sometimes I'm gonna, I'm, it's easy, I'm, isn't it, when you're dating? No, no, no. We never we, we'd actually never, we never met before the first date. Um, but Ooh, it was, blind date? Oh, really? Uh, no, okay. online, actually. Early, wow. you early online. days, yeah. I think wow. It was through, Wait, what online? Plenty of fish? What, no, what Jesus, no. This was way before that. This was, I think it was through the salon. Dot, I want to okay. say the salon.com personals, which were... A catch-all for Salon and Nerve and a bunch of other produ- yeah. uh, publications from that media group in 2000. I don't know where it ended up, but it was like it was basically Salon so or Match.com, and Salon just had a better elevated readership. So I is thought. that your standout? Oh. <laughs> former Paramore. I won't say. Uh, she's friends. she's the only person I've stayed in touch with, and and I think the only one that. I mean, you don't want to say like that you don't care uh, about the others because that's well, what I think. It's not like you don't care, but well, I think no, you either no, stay. But... You have you have a connection where you can stay friends, or else it's just not something you're going to be around each other. Exactly, like it either yeah. evolves into there, something but, else, or it just ends completely. Uh, but are there any that you want? Would like Marie's want after to getting see, a whole like union I, of men to work on this. I part. want to be friends. <laughs> I, I, I would want to be impressive. friends with them all. They don't want to be friends with me. I just, I get, I get the Batman. Kate, Kate and I have been together for 20 years. And we have missed all of this, the evolution of social ghosting, texting, all that stuff. And I, I would, we have talked oh, about this. Gosh. Like we would both be lost if one of us it's died. It's such a bad situation. I, I can attest to it. Like, I mean, I thought I was going to be with my person forever. And now I'm like back into this hideous mire of like honestly it's just it's just bad it's really bad and i'm gonna say as well i don't know if it's the same and i hate to like put it on men but men in ireland right now are just they're different they're different generation to what we were and people just don't seem to have like manners and they don't want to take you on like a for a dinner or something you know so this is like tinder rules rules now where you're just not meeting for anything other than exactly it's like you know Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> and I'm not into that. But it's like, you know how some people have just like a punchable face? <laughs> like they just have a face that you're like, that's punchable. Like that guy deserves to be punched. Like I've got like a disposition that's like begging to be ghosted. Oh, no. You know what I mean? It's I like so. to be left mid combo. <laughs> no, I do. Cause it's like, yeah, like this girl talks so much. Like I'm out of here. <laughs> like I'm just. I like I have a punchable, well, like a ghostable persona. Well, I mean, uh, look, you're you're you have yeah. your per, your person who's not like Nora's probably gonna hang up. <laughs> that Nora's would be I am I am tempted to yeah, do that. Nora's just, just gonna leave. Just I'm amazed by the amount of. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, God. I mean, but sure, um, we'll have you probably back. Oh, I'd love to. Point. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I my mean, pleasure. I'm happy to help. Yeah, it's going to be the next one. The, the ex is going to be. Who do you have talking about it? Interesting. It's great. That's a great. relationship. I want to know. I just, I want to know about it. And I want to know, I'd love to know what is the success rate? <laughs> like who gets back? 
well, this is the thing. Also, how, like how there's like a method, See? like there's a thing like you can learn how to do that. Not just yeah. why would you want to, but you no know kidding. how. To, yeah, and like mm, I don't know. There's a lot there to unpack, and like, and like my exes are also like very. They're strange people, I guess. I'm drawn to strange people who are very cryptic. Like, I feel it's like I'm not Tom Hanks in the Da Vinci Code, man. Like, I'm not here, like fucking, yeah. you know, Rosetta Stone. Like, just say it. Just what are you trying to say, bro? Just spit <laughs> it out. Like, Jesus. Well, we look forward to having you back oh, on. This was a pleasure. Yeah, anytime. Of course, I'd love to. We'll see, see, you'll get guess. more than three episodes right. out of this. Yeah, hopefully. All right, thanks, My Norm. Pleasure. Best of luck, seriously, with we all hope. of it. We hope. <laughs> all right. Thank Bye. you so much. Thank you. Really nice to meet you. Well, look at that, guys. We did it. We did it. We have finished our first episode of I Don't Get It with me. And so what have we learned? podcasts do i get it i really don't i'm gonna have to be honest and as much as i'd like to have a witty repartee to close this off i don't i can't banter on my own without it being supreme cringe fringe remember the show fringe that was a kind of weird show See, this is what happens. It's like I'm talking to myself and then tangents. Look, the point is, we get it. We got to keep it tight. Okay, what do we learn? Podcasts are lame, no matter how you cut it. it like, there's no way to, to say I have a podcast and not sound like Milhouse Van Houten. Milhouse Mussolini Van Houten. Who's like, but my mom says I'm cool. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell. But like, that's Lane Millhouse. Yeah, that's right. So if you have a podcast and you say it, unless you're like uh, getting fucking $150 million for it, like, yeah, then it's it's lame. Um, Can you tell if your show is good or not? No, you can't. Like, it's hard because I'm sure Christopher Nolan knows that fucking the prestige is amazing. I'm sure he's like, yeah, Inception's fucking, like, like do something better, I dare you. I know he knows, but, like, did James Cameron think he wasn't going to get nominated for Best Director for a movie he's been working on? For a hundred years? Like, no. The guy who made Titanic did not know that he was making something that was probably... Like, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I didn't even see the first one. But, like, it seems kind of like in the zeitgeist. Mediocre, I guess. I don't know. Nobody's talking about it. I don't think. I don't know. Like... You know, you got to shoot your shot. Could Michael Jordan have been a terrible basketball player? Probably not. So not a good analogy. Like, do you think there's a world in which he would have been shit? I'm going to say no. You know why? 
because he would ref- he would never allow that to happen. Like he refused to be beaten or lose. He just like he wanted it more than everybody. It didn't matter if he was sick or like there was he just wanted it. So I don't think there's any world where in which he wouldn't have made it happen. It's the will. Like makes no sense for your podcast cuz like you can't will your podcast idea into greatness. <sighs> so those are things I've learned. That doesn't mean I get it, right? Like I still don't get how you can can you make anybody interesting? Um is it more important to be a raconteur, a good storyteller, than it is to have a good story to tell? When I'm selecting guests or booking guests for the show, do I book guests because of their stories or because of their charisma? As an audience, why do you want to hear? Do you want to hear someone's really, you know, meaningful, profound story? Or do you just want to be charmed by someone? And whatever you would rather have, what does that say about you? Thank you for coming by, sticking around. Okay, and if you have any thing, any stories you want to tell, um, any questions you want to ask further, or any answers for me that will help me get things, or maybe you've got some beef. You're like, you got some beef with what happened on today's episode. Bring it. Let's, let's talk it out. Let's do it. Email us, burningtrashfire at gmail.com. I love letters. If you know me, you know I love letters. Especially the ones that people don't have the courage to send. That leads us to uh, the next episode, which is about our exes. So thanks for tuning in today and tune in for that one. Unless, and most awkwardly, we are an independent um, hustle and flow trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents show. So we are on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Maria doesn't get it. All right, guys. That's uh, episode zero podcast. I, I don't get it with Maria Monero. Thanks a lot. See you